0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Pathfinder, a podcast by Payload, the leading digital media company in the space industry. My host today is Bill Weber, the CEO of Firefly Aerospace, a space transportation company based out of Austin, Texas. Bill and I get into his background in the industry, the business of launch and broader space transportation, and what comes next. A lot to discuss, but first, a word from our sponsors. Spider Oak's Orbit Secure software is designed for hybrid space operators struggling to manage the chaos of securing data flow and access to and from tens of thousands of small satellites in low Earth orbit. Using a unique combination of end-to-end zero trust encryption and blockchain distributed ledger, Orbit Secure allows your mission to orchestrate and secure Earth-to-orbit, orbit-to-earth transmission, communication, and storage of sensitive data across even the most complex and unsecure hybrid space environments. To learn how Orbit Secure can bring zero trust security and resiliency to your zero gravity environments, check out SpiderOak at www.spideroak.com. Bill, uh, very excited to have you on the show. There's, uh, you got a couple nice wins recently. We're going to talk about all that, but I want to start off with uh, uh, how you're doing.
1: <laughs> I'm doing great, Mo. And first of all, thanks for thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here too. Um, It's been really interesting to watch the trajectory of of payload. Um, You guys have quite a following. Uh, I will tell you, it's required reading for a lot of Fireflies. (laughs) That's how they start (laughs) their day off. Um, I'm one of them, so uh, it's 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 good to join you here. So yeah, we've um, we've had some pretty um, pretty interesting things happen in the in the near you know the recent past here. So
0: um, a lot of good energy going on. Well, um, we are definitely going to talk about a Firefly. There's a lot to discuss, but I want to first talk about you. So um, you recently joined the business, but you've had a very long history within aerospace and defense. You've done a lot of cool yeah. stuff. Um, maybe uh, let's start with how you got into the industry. What drove your interest, and you know how you how you got to your role today?
1: Yeah. Um, so appreciate you asking that. Um, you know, we we don't often get the chance to kind of go back and say, well, you know, how'd you get here? In and everybody's case is unique and and different. In my case. Uh, for me, I would say it started, um, as, as an undergrad, I was in ROTC, uh, Army ROTC at Washington University in St. Louis, and, um, and then after I was commissioned, went in and served um, um, served in the Army uh, as an officer, and, uh, and when I left uniform service, it was never my intention to be a career military officer, but I absolutely love uh, the time that I spent in uniform, I love this country. it's been good to me to my family and to um uh to to most of the people that i know and um and and I think in spite of um you know a lot of what goes on in the world we as a as a nation both you know whatever side of the aisle you're on so to speak, we try to get it right and um and and so uh serving my my country was never a question so after I left uniform service and uh and said all right I'm gonna go try to make my way in the world. Um, I spent a short period of time not connected to the intelligence and special operations community, uh, and I thought that's what I wanted. I thought after um, um, you know serving in combat, uh, you know, in the army, uh, I just wanted to go do something different. Um, but I quickly found myself um, with a little bit of a you know of a of a lack of purpose in terms of why I do what I do. And so I, I, I returned on the commercial side to businesses that made it their, their purpose to help the war fighter um, and, and therefore help the nation and other nations that are aligned with us. And since that time, um, I have spent my entire career in or around companies, most, mostly that do cleared and classified work with the intention of using technology to help the warfighter do things that as a, as a platoon leader or or a um, uh, uh, a company grade officer i w- i didn't have at my disposal but would have been incredible you know multipliers and so varying roles of escalating uh, leadership along the way i've never been somebody who uh, shied away from um uh being accountable to uh, in a leadership role. I don't I don't mind that. Some people say, hey, um, you know, just want to be accountable for me, but I don't I, I love leading. I, I I think that's, you know, part of my purpose in life is to is to cast a vision and then and then get uh organizations of varying sizes moving in that direction. So it kind of ratcheted up from there. Um at some point, uh I don't exactly know how many years ago, I took my first president slash CEO role. That went well. Uh, a transaction uh, ended up, you know, at the end of that, uh, which then, as it often does, begets another opportunity that that someone says, "Okay, could you do that here?" Um, that led to my first public company opportunity, which was KW Corporation, and I joined KW at a at a very um, formative time in the company's growth. It was 100 classified and cleared work, deep, deep, deep technology, and that's really my first foray into space. One of the things we did there was we took sensor technology that had previously been land-based and we shrunk down that form factor uh, and made it um, aviation capable as 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 a flying asset, as an aviation asset. And then we continued to sharpen both hardware and software and shrunk that down to, let's say, water bottle size so that we could put it into orbit. And in the course of doing that for classified customer, I got to know Firefly as an emerging launch company. Um, Fast forward a little bit, sold the company. um, KW Corporation sold to Jacobs. uh, At the time, it was a publicly traded company. They made an offer. Uh, The shareholders always decide in those cases. KW was on a great trajectory. We could have kept going, but, you know, again, uh, when you're publicly traded, um, that is not the decision of the CEO. And so um, I was supportive, got the company through that transaction. But um, I had a period of time where they said, hey, can you just, you know, kind of go away and um, you know, and 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 let us uh, integrate this thing. During that time, I stayed in touch with the market, tracked Firefly, watched them, but I also was in touch with AE Industrials, who I knew uh, from transactions along the way, and 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 they have a similar philosophy of how uh, how good businesses are built, and then and then how you grow them without a you know a ticking time bomb that says we got to do this by. You know, in twenty-four months or else we do it, and we do it at whatever pace it takes to get the company performing right, and that's the way I look at it as an operator. So when they bought Firefly, and then uh, called me and said, "Would you be interested?" My answer at first was, um, "No, um, I'm I'm quite happy, uh, you know, just kind of helping, uh, you know, from from the sidelines." Um, But then I went down and I I met the team in Austin and I, and I, and I saw what I thought was a great opportunity in a, in a, in a, in a, at a moment in time that I could help. Um, And then, and then it turned around to me saying, Hey, I I really think I can, I want to do this. And, and so here we are. So that was about, you know, a year, year and a half ago now.
0: Well, I appreciate um, the background. There's a lot to unpack there. Uh, yeah, I, I do want to talk about your time as a public company CEO, um, and maybe what that means, what that experience means for Firefly. I just certainly want to talk about AE Industrial and and being um, a part of a pri- private private equity backed business. Yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, before we do all that, let's just talk Firefly. So, let like high level, what is the Firefly? You know, based in Austin, Texas, launch company, but it does much yeah. more than just launch. Maybe yeah. talk a little bit about um, you know, what is Firefly and and and. What is the business that, you've, that you're now leading?
1: Yeah, um, it, it, you, you said it, and, and we would say it. Um, and we get that all the time. Well, you're a launch company. Um, let's just talk about that. And, and it, it, it usually stops the conversation because what we would say is, no, um, we, we want to be seen, and it, it, the onus is on us to prove that, but we want to be known as an end-to-end space transportation company. It, just like any other modality, water-based, land, you know, wheeled transportation, aviation, um, there there is an infrastructure that has to be built to move things across those modalities. So true. Uh, so so is, so is the same uh, um, with space. You need um, you need uh, entities that can launch. Oftentimes, the same customer that that you launch needs to move around and maneuver and orbit in space those same customers oftentimes have an expectation that they can land and then ultimately return. And so that transportation mechanism, there's a lot of synergy, um, a commonality, a lot of um, uh, acceleration that can happen when the same company thinks about doing all of those things. So at Firefly, we launch with the Alpha and soon to be the medium launch vehicle. We land with the Blue Ghost Lunar Lander platform that, that will land on interplanetary bodies unknown uh, in the future at this point. And we orbit with the Eletra, uh platform that will fly uh, first part of next year on Alpha. So we, we launch, we land, and we orbit. End-to-end, end, same company doing it for customers that are asking all of that to come from a single provider.
0: So if you look at a lot of other launch companies, um, you know, you, you've seen sort of like a pattern, right? And this has obviously happened with SpaceX, which you start with launch and then you know, um, it's a, ver- a variety of different reasons. Maybe it's because the market at the time is not big enough. Maybe it's because of investor um, uh, investor kind of um, uh, a push from investors. Uh, whatever the reason, right? There, there, you, you've we've seen launch companies expand into other verticals. Obviously, SpaceX did this with satellite broadband and, and Starlink. Um, other launch companies have actually announced the same. Um, others have, have have gone into the satellite manufacturing and components business. Why uh did Firefly take this approach, which is slightly different than many of the other launch companies, which is like we're gonna focus on like you said end to end transportation is the market bigger there? is there synergies to be had between those product lines? Maybe talk about that
1: yeah so so all of these choices, no matter which of those and you 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 outlined two or three and and we could continue on right um some have gone and and purchased um through M- the M process, purchase component businesses that are complementary. Right, it is all about diversification of the revenue, and whether you're a private company or a public company right now, that is critical. If you are beholden to one transaction string, um, you are exposed. Um, the pressure will mount, um, and 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 from an investor perspective, and from an employee perspective. And then a customer perspective, there's risk inserted into all of that. So for for all of us, it's about diversity, diversification of your revenue stream. Now for Firefly, those three different things, launch, land, orbit, different buying patterns for each, different customer sets that in, in some cases it would say, well, I'm going to go procure that from, from two or three different providers, which is messy. Uh, there's, there's, it's, not, it's not co-joined. There's some, there's some integration that either I have to do or I have to pay somebody to do. Is there a possibility that we could do all of that with one provider? So there's already an advantage for Firefly if, if it makes sense from a production operation economic perspective. And for us, let's back up a step. It's all about the technologies. That we feel are differentiators, and there are two: carbon composites in our structures, and propulsion philosophy in tap-off cycle. We do that better than, or uh, arguably better, or, or as well as anybody in the industry in those two areas. They are a differentiator for us. We build we build very strong, light, and f- but but flexible um, structures. Which allows us more mass to orbit. We're gonna seize on that opportunity. We're gonna build out that so that so that it gives us an advantage in, in what we launch, what we land, and what we orbit. The same same assembly lines, the same manufacturing processes, same engineering base that designs the structures in one are used across all three of those. So there's already a, we'll call it a synergy, it gets used often, but there's already a natural fit there that, that we would say, let's scale that across things that make sense, and propulsion. Um, the same philosophies, while it's not tap off cycle in, in thrusters uh, in orbit or landing, um, it, we're doing it on the same assembly lines, the same product lines, the same machining processes. So, that, so it makes sense for us. So if you've got a customer that wants all that from one place, And you have one place that can do all that without building, you know, a a lot of uh, redundancy and overhead and duplication. You've got a possibility for a
0: really good economic model. And that's what we're seeing right now. And and, and I think to your point, Alpha is largest carbon composite vehicle ever sent to orbit. And I think only tap off cycle engine to orbit. Am I right about those I, I
1: get my hand slapped every time I say we're the first of this or the only of that because I'll tell you what the space community—they um, love to—the um, um, fact police are out there. So here's yep. what I'll say: We do believe that both of those things are true. Okay. Um, we don't know of a larger carbon composite rocket that has flown than Alpha, and we—and when MLV flies, it very well may be the largest that when the medium launch vehicle flies, it it it, it too. Uh, could could serve in that role, whether it is one or you know the the biggest. Here's what I know: it's a reliable, proven technology, and we're going to keep doing it. Um, we don't know of anybody else that's done tap off. Um, we know a lot of others have tried, and I can tell you from the inbound phone calls we get, there are a lot of others that would like uh, to fly our platforms. But we do know uh, Alpha does uh, the medium launch vehicle will, um,
0: and and again, it's a hot hand for us, and we're gonna we're gonna continue to play it. Got it okay, well, you said a lot of things that we got to get into, so um so you have the alpha launch vehicle, um yeah. maybe uh, for a second, just talk about what that um what the what the performance metrics of that is versus the MLV medium launch vehicle that you are partnering with Northrop Grumman on yeah, loosely defined small launch up to one metric tons,
1: maybe a little bit you know again it, it, there's there's ability on on our platform to expand that up to fourteen hundred kilograms. Um, but there has to be a customer that says, "I absolutely need that." Otherwise, uh, Alpha's locked down, and we're just we're in rate production, right? So that's what it does. It carries one metric tons, uh, ton uh, up to low Earth orbit, um, and it could do that um, um, off the east uh, or off the west coast, and then soon to be the the east coast. And 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 so there's a mission set for that that is uniquely defined. That if you do it in any other any other size category you're not as efficient as you could be if you fly it on that platform. So if you put it on much, much, much bigger rockets, well, you got to go get a bunch of other things and they may not go to exactly where you want to go. And so somebody is getting dropped off in the wrong place, et cetera. Or if you do it on a, a smaller platform, you got to do it two or three times over where you could do it there. So small launch alpha is our entrant there, one metric tons. It's flying um, second mission to orbit. We will go again. Um, uh, once per quarter we 're going to fly again this year and then four times next year uh, we 're comfortable with that rate. we could go faster, but i don 't think we have to there 's certainly customers that would pay if 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 we if we want to try to go faster but i don 't think that 's prudent so that 's alpha small launch up to let 's say twenty metric tons. we would categorize that, and I think the market as as kind of Uh, there's, there's an adoption of a, of a definition there that we would ascribe to up to 20 metric tons. We would call medium launch capability. Um, the medium launch vehicle, which will have a name. We've been promising this for a while, but, um, um, it's coming. Um, the medium launch vehicle will lift 16 metric tons, some somewhere between 16 and 17 metric tons with no, um, performance enhancements to the propulsion or structures. Uh, There's certainly possibilities there, some trades we can make to to kick that up, but we think there's a market right there uh, in the medium launch category. So we do not intend to compete in the large category with Starship or or where Falcon 9 flies today. Um, We think there is a reason a customer would say, I wanna fly small and I wanna fly medium, and the two things are not the same, and there's a different reason and purpose to do either. So,
0: the the well, actually, let's talk about um, let's talk about customers right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you did just fly Victor Knox with the U.S. Space yeah. Force. We'll get we'll right. get into that just a second. But um, what has been the commercial traction for the company so far, to the extent that you can talk about it, both on the government and on the commercial, and both on the government side and on the commercial side? Yeah. So,
1: um, the pool, if you will. Man, that you can't. There's no deck space. Uh, everybody is crowded around the edge of the pool, waiting to jump in, and for good reason. Why would you, you know, rush in on a multi-year, multi-launch contract for a platform that's flown to orbit one time, even though that was a great, a great accomplishment for the company, a high-five moment that um, was was. So much fun to be a part of, and such an accomplishment. But when you one in a row is is not a streak. Um, uh, you you, you got to get on a on a on a launch cadence. Um, we would argue that uh, even what we just did needs more proof points. T- twice is 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 a great accomplishment. But what we've got to do now is fly with regularity. And so that, as I said, that deck space around the, the around the pool. Um, there, are, there are many waiting to jump in. We, we, we are manifested um, all the way through the end of next year uh, with, our, uh, with the demand that, that we talked about just a few seconds ago. Um, we could sell much further out than that if we wanted to. But there's a, a little bit of a, a dynamic in the market right now where we will not sell against or compete against price points for rockets that haven't flown and may never fly. Uh, Just because a customer says, well, I think I'm going to be able to get it for that with unnamed or, or, uh, you know, unflown rocket X, Y, or Z. And our perspective is we're patient to wait. Um, We're full through the end of next year, Um, somewhere between that nine to 12 month mark or inside that window, we'll talk to you. Right. So um, so the customer demand, if here's what I would say, Mo, if we could build and put on the pad a rocket a month there's no question we would manifest alpha, um, through the right. next 24 months easily.
0: Right. So What's you, you don't want to, yeah, no, that, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, we glossed over this, but I do want to actually ask you, cause you were in the control room when the alpha rocket made it to orbit for the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we meant we're talking about cadence now. And of course, you know, the market and the industry is looking for how quickly you can get back onto the pad for flight four. But talk for a second about how hard is it to get to orbit? I mean, you know, we we kind of we 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 met, we we, we kind of casually mentioned this and talk about this, but you know, you were there, you witnessed um, you know, you witnessed, you know, what it was like to be at the company at that point. You know, you were part of that success. What was that like?
1: Well, you've heard me make this joke before, but man, I'm I, I I'm I'm never one to you know not beat a a joke into the ground. Um, <laughs> it's not hard at all. Within my first thirty <laughs> days at the company, we got to orbit. I mean, I'm not sure what the <laughs> big you know. I'm not sure. Um, it's it's incredibly hard. Um, here's here's a, here's a measuring stick. It's not the only one, but it's a good it's a good visual. When there are grown adults weeping openly over something they accomplished. Professionally, you know, you should stop and take note and say, what would. And by the way, these are engineers and scientists who are not the most um, emotional of people, uh, typically. Um, That is a stop what you're doing and pay attention because something just happened here. When repeatedly after that, um, uh, you're getting nothing but. Um, a, a, an onslaught of of communications from others competitors fans uh supporters customers saying what you just did is is rarefied air um, um, take note of that um for, to the company from all angles um, you can use those alone without without any mastery of of um, uh, of of astrophysics or Or, you know, orbital mechanics and know it's incredibly hard. The data alone says there are a handful of entities, there there are a handful of nations that have gotten uh, objects into orbit successfully. And Firefly joined that club. So you don't have to be uh, someone who's grown up uh, in or around rockets to know that what we did and what others who are trying to do that uh, are,
0: are doing is incredibly difficult, which is... A great deal of why it's so gratifying when it when it happens. You know, I was on a show yesterday. Um, I was asked the question, um, "What do you? What are technologies that you want to see, um, or that you think should be, you know, built and created right now within the space industry?" Um, And what I asked, what I actually answered was like, "Look, there's a lot of things I can say that I want. Nuclear propulsion is one of them. Like for use in space, that's great. That's going to enable deep space interplanetary." Exploration and colonization, and all that great stuff. But we've been at this since the 60s and we still can't reliably get a rocket up into space outside of SpaceX. I was like, we gotta get the fundamentals right. I was like, yeah. we can't land a thing on the moon. Like, think about all the countries that have tried and have unfortunately not been able to complete their mission. There's like this like foundational layer of like, hey, let's just like get all of this easy, quote unquote easy stuff that we've been doing. Like let's get that right and let's get that consistently yeah. um, execute on that consistently because without consistent execution on the easy stuff, the investors which you will need to really fund this economy and this industry will not be there to continue supporting science projects, right? Ultimately. So right. that was actually right. and and it and actually makes me think, like um, you know, back to my question, like on the orbit thing, like, yeah, like it's funny, like we've gone to orbit, we've gone to orbit plenty of times as a as a civilization. But it has been a challenge for private companies. It has not been easy. And oh, companies sure. have spent yeah. billions of dollars and not achieved that, right? Well, okay, so here's, here's
1: if, if governments had limited, unlimited budgets and, and, and no time pressure, well, we could, have cap- we could have continued the march from the 60s and the 70s forward and just said, things can cost $50 billion and take 15 years. What's the problem, right? Um, but there's a limit to the effectiveness and the commercialization of that, the government, if we, if we continued on that track, the government is the provider of all of that infrastructure. And that's not sustainable. It's not. So what you need at some point is a tipping point where there's enough demand, where commercial industry now provides the utility of that, not just to government, but for customers that need to get there. That's been the thing that's hard. It's trying to replicate what took $50 billion in 15 years and cram that down to a business plan or a proposition where you could actually encourage and entice investors. And so this is where some of the wealthiest individuals of the world have really played a a differentiating and defining role in our sector. Without SpaceX and, and, and others, where their funding mechanisms were private sources I don't know that we'd be here having a conversation to say private equity-backed entities now are trying to replicate and emulate and do that in rapid scale. Those things had to happen in order: nation states that had huge budgets for for reasons of national pride and defense, uh, private individuals or private sources of wealth that could say, right now, what I care about is the accomplishment, and I'm gonna we're gonna innovate rapidly, and then private equity-backed or private-backed entities that would come in and say, okay, we're going to learn from the past and do it over and over and over and try to refine that and make a second and a third and a fourth SpaceX-type participant. And that's, that's what's happened. And so that's when you look at it that way, it's not surprising that it's taken
0: the time that it has. Right. Um, no, that's yeah. that's fair. Well mm-hmm. said. Um, I want to talk about stocks, Knox, uh, yeah. Bill, but we're going to take a quick break, um, and we'll be right back, um, okay. and we'll, we'll, we'll chat more. So stay with us. All right. Space is the new frontier for cybersecurity. To quote the commander of the U.S. Space Force's Operations Command, cyber threats are unfortunately the soft underbelly of our global space networks. SpiderOak, the leader in space cybersecurity software, is dedicated to providing space operators the solutions they need to protect hybrid space systems. Their orbit secure software uses a unique combination of end-to-end zero-trust encryption and blockchain distributed ledger, allowing missions to orchestrate and secure earth to orbit orbit to earth transmission communication and storage of sensitive data across even the most complex and unsecure Leo and hybrid space systems to learn how orbit secure can bring zero trust security and resiliency to your zero gravity environments. Check out spider Oak at www.spideroak.com. All right, Bill, welcome back. Um, Let's talk Victus Knox. Um, so Space Force mission, uh, part of their tactical um, you know, responsive launch uh, and you know, something that clearly the government is very focused on and cares about. Uh, maybe talk about how important was that for the company and how important is that for the Space Force? Um, yeah,
1: I don't think I could overstate um, how important it was for Firefly maybe one of the best decisions that um, that we made as a company was to make this Flight 3. Um, and for a whole list of reasons.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah sorry. When you say make this Flight 3, what what does that mean?
1: So um, when we won the award last fall, um, there are several other manifested missions of great importance to the customer and therefore to us that we want to fly. Um, and, and so there are some technical challenges there with, with a young rocket, um, without going into too much detail, there are approvals for safety reasons, entirely for safety reasons, that flying a certain uh, type of maneuver, there needs to be a history and a heritage there before the range. And the, and the government entities that have to say, we're okay with you putting that uh, up in the sky um, uh, and, and then on into orbit. And so, so trying to get that manifest order, which flight would go in what order, right? So that it balanced both the urgency that those customers and the confidence that they've shown in Firefly, but the urgency they have to perform those missions with what is the right um, maturity curve for alpha? What missions should it fly to, to set this up so that we don't have another small launch mishap, right That's to be avoided at all costs as much as we can. and so Victus Knox became the heir apparent for a couple of reasons. Um, where we were, where we believed we were going to have to fly that rocket was a particular mover, maneuver that we thought Alpha's qualifications up to that point had nailed, and there would be no issues with the approvals of where it needed to fly. So I'm, I've oversimplified that, but I think I think your listeners will get the idea that look, all all launches are not the same, all all directions are not the same. Some some require difficult turns and maneuvers and relights, etc. This particular mission we thought was an, a, a natural for flight three. Now, here's what it also did for us as a company. It, it, it let us do something nobody else has done. And so for, a, for, a, for a, an emerging uh, uh, launch company, transportation company, being able to say we're the only ones that have done something, critically important. Know who you are, know your particular area, and, 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 and be that. And so we are a responsive space company. So being able to do this where we were in our life cycle was perfect for us. W- why couldn't we compress that down into twenty-four hours? There was there were no technical reasons why we couldn't. and It just never been done before. So hugely important for us. Incredibly important for Space Force. The space domain is um, um, ha- has to be considered just like any land-based battlefield or potential area of conflict. The adversary, no matter, no matter where you are politically on that spectrum, those who would do harm to, um, to, to our way of life, and I use our uh, collectively, not just the United States, but, but other nations aligned with us, um, they, they're operating in the space domain. And so the national security mission, as it often does in technology, forces change, forces innovation, forces capability that never existed before, and the need and the urgency is so great, and that's why it, it acts as a catalyst. So you get those two forces coming together. A company that didn't have a reason to say, well, look, we're already manifested, and we've got 12 rockets you know, on the pad, and we don't have time to stop and do a responsive launch. We did, we had the ability to say, it might take us six more months to, to launch that rocket, but we think our investors will understand, we think our other customers will understand, And and so we gladly took on that mission. So good for us, great for Space Force. And I think you naturally would expect. I'm going to say this. I think it's good for the industry because it it show it it. I think a lot changed um, two Thursdays ago. I think we are not going back. I think I think the behaviors of being able to launch on demand will permeate into what all of us do. All of us. There's no reason to take weeks when you only need to take days without sacrificing safety and, and reliability. There's no reason to take days when you can do it in hours. Why, why would you? It costs more, it delays things, it, it injects time. It just, we've we've crossed a chasm and I think we're going to keep going.
0: Yeah, that's no, very, super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that there was not, uh, there was no uh, video of the launch. Is that something that will be released at some point or no, no go on that? There might be, but again, by its very nature, when you think yeah. about the, in this case, what
1: responsive face was, was for, it was to, on call and on demand, do something and not let everybody know we did it, except maybe the adversary when you tap them on the shoulder and say, we're here. Um, and so you don't advertise that. <laughs> I mean, why would you? And so, um, so now, having said that, um, it's the best kept secret that isn't a secret. I mean, every, pe- people are smart and there's tail spotters out there and they know, okay, there's a finite number of things uh that are that are on launch pads around the world and they and that and and there are some things that get advertised, um, nodams, uh, notice to airmen and, and, and mariners that basically say, okay, something's coming, and by deductive reasoning, we think Fireflies on the pad. So while we didn't talk about it and Space Force didn't talk about it, the market did. And so there's you can imagine. There's value in that too. There's value in the. We're not saying anything, but um, but but everybody saw. So that that's the reason. No no video. Um, there will be. I mean, we have video, but um, we'll, we're, we're, we'll, we'll we'll leak that later. We'll Leak that later with the customer. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Hopefully ho- hopefully to payload. <laughs> so uh, I wanna um, I wanna switch back over to to Northrop and the partnership mm-hmm. there. Um, how, uh, maybe, how is working for, okay, well, let, let's, let me frame yeah. the question this way. It's fire. You have a new space company, Firefly. Um, I hate using the word new space, but for the lack of a better word, I'm just going to use that for now. People new space company the firefly, is,
1: right? Yeah. I, I would say anybody who's new is, is not SpaceX or not Rocket right. Lab, right? We, we right. haven't, we haven't proven we could do it over and over and over. So you're new,
0: right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, You're moving fast. You're, you you know, a lot of programs, a lot of different programs, um, you know, winning contracts. That's all great. But you're partnering now with um, an aerospace prime. You know, I think last I checked something like $70 billion market cap, very big company, been around for a long time, critical to the US government, Um, tends to take things a little bit more carefully. How, how is that cultural, um, I mean, and now you're co-developing a vehicle, launch vehicle together, right? Mm-hmm. The replacement mm-hmm. of the Antares. Mm-hmm. Um, how is, what has that done culturally for Firefly? Or has it, has it impacted culture at all? Well, so
1: we're very protective of the culture. And, and, and Northrop uh, openly talks about that with us. And they say to us, listen, we don't want to turn you into Northrop. Um, we're, we're Northrop. We're, we're good at what we do. And and, and we're going to, and the government loves us for that. And our shareholders love us for that, but you're good at things too. And so don't let us change you. What we need is a partnership here where you, you, you help us and make us better and we do the same. And so the culture of Firefly hasn't changed, but I will tell you, just like the Victus Knox mission forced Firefly as a new or emerging uh, space company, to mature and to continue to develop and to continue to push process where it makes sense without sacrificing, sacrificing agility and being nimble uh, and being innovative and gritty, which you, you'll hear people use that all the time. Um, that is the line that we draw. And, and we have had conversations where either Northrop has said, guys, you're asking Northrop to go to a place where our customer just will not allow us to go. There needs to be You know, we must take the time for X, Y and Z. Got it. Understand. Let's go do that. We've also said in return, guys, you are asking Firefly uh, to do things that that would that if we'd done that, we would not have been able to accomplish Victus Knox. And they've said, got it. Don't want to do that. So it's a constant check balance. But the way the the way the agreement is structured, the partnership is structured, there's there's room and right. We're we're not it is not a supplier. You know, uh, uh, it's a partnership. And we know our part and they have their part. Um, I would say, uh, and, and you can, you know, the market talks, if you talk to to, to individuals that are working on the program on both sides, we're, we're both better off for this. And people, you know, man, that was one of the first things I heard when I joined is that you, Bill, you better, you better have a plan B because that thing's going to go up in flames immediately, right? It's never going to work. Well, here we are. And, and it has worked. And we're gonna, we will deliver MLV, and it it very well may be the first medium vehicle flying. And and if you don't believe us, just watch us. We'll, we'll show you.
0: Strong words. <laughs> were you? Uh, yeah.
1: Will MLV be reusable? Yes, absolutely. Not not in its initial form. Um, the the push to replace the Antares first stage because of the war in Ukraine, um, just dictated and mandated. Do not take the time for reusability on those first um, iterations, the A330 version of the first stage, so that we can get the the commercial resupply missions for the International Space Station flying on schedule as they're planned, right? So, um, So because of that, no, but yeah, absolutely. I don't think in that class, I don't think there's anything viable from a business
0: perspective that doesn't have reusability built into it. Initially first stage, but ultimately second stage too. And just to give readers some, or sorry, not readers, listeners, some context, uh, the 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 Northrop situation, which was widely discussed in in media and publicly right after Russia the Russia invaded Ukraine was you know the Antares' um, first stage engine was being supplied by um by Russia right I think mm-hmm, it was the mm-hmm. rd 180 or 181 Many and more. uh post yeah post the post the um post the war you know Russia said we're not sending you your engines anymore which of course presents a problem for a company that splits commercial resupply missions with SpaceX Falcon 9 for NASA so um I think Northrop got into a point where they needed to Find a replacement for their first stage engine; hence, the partnership with Firefly. Did I get that right? You did. You did. And there were already there
1: were already existing conversations, and kind of you know philosophically, the companies knew each other, um, and Northrop Northrop had had discussed some things collaboratively with Firefly previously. And so, when that when that happened in the market, there were already open you know channels and open dialogue happening between the company uh, you know, back and forth between the companies. So it just it was it it allowed that to happen at a
0: very accelerated pace, right? Um, so Bill, you're, you're raising a Series C. Um, there's lots of articles about that and 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 the ongoing process. Um, what does what does that what does that mean for that company? How's that going? Um, whatever you can talk about. Um, yeah. You know, what's so, what's the latest on that?
1: Yeah, you, man. If there's an area that requires you to be just as nimble as as uh, and just as agile. As we as we do in in launch, it's raising capital in this market. Then been been out in these roles for a number of years. And I haven't I haven't ever worked uh, um, for a company, a technology company in the C-suite where we haven't had to raise capital, whether it's public or private. And and there's no question this period of time is the toughest capital market I've ever um, I've ever run a company in. And, and uh, all of my peers, uh, I haven't had anybody say, nah, there's nothing to it, right? Um, it's tough. Uh, so um, so you, you're constantly modifying and adjusting and saying, look, you deal with the market as it is not as you want it to be. You'll... You'll have a bunch of investor meetings and no results if you're trying to push a where this valuation and, and the capital, the, the cap structure is going to look exactly like this, uh, period, end of story, all stop. You just you have to listen to investors and say, how much do we need the capital and what's at stake here? So um, so Firefly just completed uh, our Series C, the, the, the stated goal of the Series C. So we're oversubscribed at $300 million. It is a mix of debt and equity. It's reasonable debt that's covenant light uh, which we we like and it's it, it's not overbearing uh, in terms of our ability to you know service that debt so um, we made those trade-offs and said it's cash on the balance sheet now and it's it it it, it is the right thing particularly because it's an upround the valuation of the company has increased so those two things put us in more rarefied air among space companies right now we completed a cap raise check and we got an upround Check check. So good momentum. Um, we, you're not going to see us press release that and have a formal end and say, all right, now we're out um, operating in this market. We're going right back out. I don't know that we will take any additional investment, but there there's a lot of interest in us, and so we're going to continue to look. Is there is there is there another round? Is it a C plus or is it a you know a D round or a D? Minus? I, you know I don't really know exactly how we'll deal with that. Uh, our, obviously our sponsor, AE Industrials, has a lot to say about that, but the good news is the company's drawing significant investment interest and we're, we're well capitalized. So we're in as good a spot as, as anybody out there in our market.
0: Right. Well, um, you mentioned AE, so um, and I want to go back to something that we talked about at the very, very beginning of the show, which is that um, you know you met um, you know you met AE. Um, it, it sounds like you guys have have a, have a good re- good re- prior relationship. Um, what has it been what has it been like um, running a company backed by private equity? Um, which I think is uh, is is I think the fact police is going to probably get me on this. I think you're the, you might be the only private equity-backed CEO in the launch space right now, um, within the U.S. at least. I think that, that's, that's correct. As you said, if it's not, uh, you'll be corrected. You'll, I will be corrected. So, yes. But as far, <laughs> as, as far as I know, as far as I know. Yeah. So, so what is that like? Yeah. How do you think that that differs from maybe experience of CEOs at other launch companies? A really tough time to be a, un, uh, a, a
1: public company CEO without very predictable financials. I didn't say profit, but financials. I know how much I'm going to spend this next quarter and I can nail it. I know how much my, uh, I, I, I know exactly what my revenue is going to be and, I can, and, and, and I'll, I'll hit it. Uh, I know, I know, I know. And that's what the public markets demand. It demands it in the good times. It certainly demands it in a bear market or when, when, when capital is difficult. And so it's a really tough time to be a public company CEO right now. I feel for my peers out there. They're trying to do the same thing we are. They're not, you know, they're not my enemies. They're, they're, they're trying to run their companies and they have employees that they have to care for and investors that, that they need to satisfy too. It's just really tough to do that in full view of the public markets right now. So as a private company, um, here's what i uh, owned, owned by private equity. There is a big, long list for me. And I think every operator has that list. That of private equity uh, investors that you say, look, philosophically we just don't line up. I would never do a deal with them. We don't think about business the same way. I do line up with AE. I love the way they look at business. I've never seen a private equity entity that leverages their portfolio in in the in the companies that they that they own. better than AE does they they focus on aerospace and space and so on any given day here's what that means on any given day it's not just firefly it's firefly and the AE portfolio companies that are going to work five or six different AE portfolio companies are in our building on any day only because we all we all are part of the family so we get to we get to hunt as a pack where a lot of my competitors are out there on their own. And the only way that they can increase capability is, well, they got to they gotta go do M&A or sign partnerships. And we don't, that, that, that is not the way that it works inside the AE portfolio companies. Um, and, and I will also say they have respect for the operators. I get, look, I have, I have oversight and I, and, 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 and I am accountable. We all should be. It's not good for, for people to not be accountable. But they let operators run and they have a good understanding because they focus in space and aerospace none of this surprises them they see the market and they understand what's going on so
0: so far so good i I, I would do I would do another deal with them uh, in a heartbeat so um I have to ask this question which is uh, what what do you suspect um, in terms of liquidity for the company or or, or said differently what do you think AE's plans are here um are, are do you is this a is this a taking this company public? Is this a Northrup try before you buy type situation I don't know <laughs> I and I answered that way because I've had direct conversations
1: with them before I even stepped off the sidelines and said, okay I, I think I can help here um Their perspective is let's see what the market bears, but we've got some things that have to happen inside Firefly first. So we're aligned on that. you got to execute. We have more than our work cut out for us. Exciting stuff. And if we do it, if we get Alpha launching four times next year, just think about 2024 alone. If Alpha launches twice this year and four times next year, we are a rate production, one metric ton platform. Unquestionable. Anybody, throw darts from the sidelines if you want. They're going to fall on deaf ears. No one's going to, they're, We're in, right? No question. If we also deliver the medium launch vehicle uh, to Northrop and we get ready to fly that first commercial resupply mission by the end of next year, uh, it's delivered by the end of next year. You got that to our credit. Blue Ghost, mission one, will, will have touched down on the surface of the moon successfully in that same time frame, And Elytra is orbiting on station, ready for call-up for customers that say, I need you to maneuver and move this to there and that sort of thing, then then, then we're in a completely different position. And so if the capital markets say, hey, man, that's that's the right time to start thinking about an IPO, I think we'd be in a great position to do that. If Northrop says, or, or, or somebody else, and I, by the way, Northrop has not said to us, we're, we want to buy you. They have not. That's not part of our agreement. But if but if a larger entity would say, look, um, uh, we're not gonna let you get any bigger, we, we need you now, well, then we'd be in a great spot to have those conversations. That's where we need to focus. And I, I didn't mean to answer flippantly before. But the reality is, Mo, no, I don't know. And, and I
0: think anybody who tries to time the markets, they usually fail. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's fair. And as a public company CEO, I mean, you certainly know. So, um, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I have a lot of more. I have a lot more questions, but we do not have a lot of time. So, I'm going to ask a few more questions, and I want you to keep your answers limited to one to two sentences max. Man, I can't. Okay, I'm, I'm not doing the one word answer thing because I know some people say, "All right, only one word answer." But no, but I'm saying, like, I'm giving you a, a sentence or two. Uh, I'm moving off from Firefly. Great story. Very excited for what you guys are doing there, and obviously, there's a lot more amazing execution and, and good stuff to come first question is launch crowded is no. launch as an area sector crowded okay no, no it's not it's not as a former public company ceo what do you think is happening to public aerospace stocks i know that's a huge question in and of itself but like what do you think ultimately is driving this underperformance i mean you know these are companies that are down yeah. 20 30 40 90 percent yeah
1: predictability you, you cannot be a public company if investors cannot predict what you're going to do, period. End of story. I'll stop.
0: Got to get there. If you don't, man, it's rocky road. It is. It's really difficult. Rough waters. Um, IPO outlook. When do you think that space companies are going to be, when do you think that I, window for, uh, not? I don't mean a SPAC, I'm talking about a yeah, real yeah. Yeah. public offering. Like, when do you think that space companies are going to be ready for that type, or the industry is going to be ready for that type of um, environment, market environment? 15 months. 12 oh, 15 wow. months. It's mm-hmm. pretty soon. It's, 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 are you trying okay, to say so that Firefly is going to lead the way?
1: <laughs> you said one sentence. I gave you your one sentence. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, here's what I think I think there need to be those predictable entities, and, and several of us are, are, are demonstrating we can be that. And I think capital markets are pent up. And so, if there are two of those things, that e- even if the macroeconomic conditions are not totally returned, there will be an opportunity. Um, whether we do it or not, uh, I'm, I'm not suggesting that, but I think there will be an appetite because there will be predictability.
0: Areas of the market that you feel are overhyped as a, as 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 an investor, let's put it, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll reframe Yeah, form over substance. When someone says, oh, I'm, I like
1: that because it's all this, you know, I, that, like additive manufacturing. You don't, that's not the story. The story is success. And so if you use additive where it makes sense, then that's great. So I think we got a little ahead of ourselves and said, Let's do all of it this way or that way in, in several of those kind of areas. And that just, I, I think that, that that hype cycle just got us, it, it, it's part of why we're, we're hitting what we're hitting right now.
0: Um, areas of the market that are underhyped:
1: um, AI and software's impact on what we do in hardware-based, um, um, you know, transportation. I, yeah. So being able to move fast and be nimble and a lot of what we just did with Victus Knox, man just imagine if we had real uh, learning systems that could correct and and adjust that we were confident in so i think you know ai machine learning's capabilities along uh, those lines uh underhyped
0: got it okay and last two questions one what is the breakthrough innovation over the next decade that you expect to see in the industry like one thing that maybe people aren't paying attention to or that you think is going to be huge game changer it could be anything it could be a type of propulsion technology yeah. it could be a what, yeah, I, I think I think somebody's going to solve the single stage to orbit problem. In oh wow! Time okay, there. I haven't I heard mean, that one before, but that's a that's a that's a that's a good one. That's a good one. You think in this in the, in the next decade someone will figure out single stage orbit? I do. Okay, I do. Is it yeah. Firefly? <laughs> <laughs> don't just kidding. Don't answer that <laughs> if you don't want to. I, my my, my sentence is up. I can't talk I can't Okay. Say it, I know, yeah. All right. Last question. Um, company a company in the industry outside of Firefly that you're really rooting for. That you feel uh, like you know, uh, just I as like a Stoke. as a as an enthusiast. I like,
1: yeah, I like Stoke. I, I just I like their energy. I like that they want to move super fast. Their people seem like a lot like our people. I like them. I do. I'm rooting for them.
0: Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, Bill, thanks so much for being on the show. It's great to do this, uh, and uh, excited to have you back sometime in the future. That's awesome. Well, thanks a lot. I
1: I, I had had some fun and, and and appreciate it. See you soon. All right.